word. God's word will be located in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14, verses 25 through 33. And it reads, Now great multitudes went with him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is still a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. May God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy word. Remain standing. Let's pray. God of heaven and earth, thank you once again, Lord, for an incredible new year, God, that we are expecting wonderful and marvelous things. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. And God, we thank you, Lord God, that you talk to us. And God, and we are just expecting, Lord God, that you would just breathe on us afresh again as we, Father, open your word together that we might learn, grow, and be transformed Father, help us today, Lord, to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And God, I pray that you would equip me for this moment, baptize me afresh in your Holy Spirit, that God, that I might be energized by the Holy Spirit, and that, Lord, I will not speak mine own will, but thy will be done. It is my pleasure, Father God, and I come, Father God, with my hands stretched out, Lord, looking up to the heavens, saying, use me, God. Use me, Father, that I can be a conduit to your people and help propel them into their destiny. We love you and we praise you. And all God's people said amen. Amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. Uh, Last week, we had really begun talking about uh, vision, and we talked last week about the race of faith. Uh, This week, we are going to be talking about a plan for success. Everybody say plan. Plan. A plan for success. Um, As we had uh, briefly talked last week about, we shared about the fact that many people around this time of year make uh, New Year declarations. And I would say that it's okay, it's a good thing to make declarations, but how many of you know that you got to do more than talk? You got to do more than just make declarations, amen? And what I find is, is that a lot of times people make declarations and they never follow through. And, I'm, and I, when I talk people, I'm talking about people of faith. I'm not just talking about people in general. That oftentimes we never ever reach our goal because we never develop a plan. Everybody say plan, plan. 
for success. And so what I've discovered is that there are many people that have, uh, let, let me put it this way. How many of you see yourself in a certain place? How many have hopes, dreams, goals? Amen. Right? So and I, I got a firm amen. So some of you, you, right now, you've already made some declarations. Amen? amen. You already can kind of see yourself where you want to go. How many of you would say, I can see where I want to go? I got, a, I got a second question for you. How many of you, do, how many of you have a plan for it? Not just saying, I'm going to go here. And it's amazing because I don't know what it is about Christians, the people of God. It's almost like that we get saved, get sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. And we decide that we're going to abandon our minds. Abandon our ability to think, to reason, to process. And, and, and the way that we know that's reality, because a lot of times we'll say, well, you know what? I'm just trusting God. And generally, that's code for I'm not going to do anything. But if you want God to move on your behalf, you have to move as well. You see, think about it. The people in the upper room, think about this, the disciples, right? They're up in the upper room. They get filled with the Holy Spirit. And how many know that that that? Change did not come until they stepped out. Change, the gospel did not get preached. I'm going to tell you something. If they would have stayed in the upper room, they would have and, and prayed and got filled with the Holy Spirit. If they would have stayed there, nothing would have happened. But how many know they risked their lives? They got out and they formulated a plan and how they were going to reach the people. And how many know that if you're going to have success in 2013, you got to develop a plan? Come on, you got to develop a plan, you know, uh, and, and it doesn't matter what it is that you want to do, whether it's going to start a business or whether it's want to get out of debt. How many, of you, how many of you have made that declaration like over and over again? I'm getting out of debt. This is my year to get out of debt. How many of you have said that? How many of you still see you're in some debt? And ain't a shame to talk about it. <laughs> see what I'm saying? Because what we, what we say is, as people of God, here's what we do. We say, well, God, God and, and, and sometimes we, 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 we religiously do this. We'll say, well, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to, uh, I'm just going to trust God. Oh, I'm just going to give a seed. And sometimes, it, you know, some of the TV preachers will tell you that, right? Man, you just give this seed. God will just cancel all your debt. And, and let me say something. It don't work that way. Listen to me. If you want to get out of debt, you trust God, but you better come up with a plan while you're trusting God. You better start. Let me, let me tell you something. If, if, how many of you like working out? I, they got in the, in the gym, they have what we call a, a personal trainer. He tried to get my wife on this program. He's trying to take money from my wife. You know, I had to go, you know, I can train my wife. She don't need, you know, I, I got all that. But, but it was his personal trainer. And, and so, all right. So it, it was his personal trainer. And, and, you know, and a lot of people say, I'm going to get in shape this year, right? I'm going to be in better shape. You know, of course, you know, you see them for a little while and they don't stick around. You know why? Because they didn't really have a plan. You got to do more than just walk in the gym, amen? amen? And so I talked to this personal trainer, and this personal trainer had, had mapped out, watch this, a full plan of what he was going to do. And how he was going to, and, and, he, and, they, and listen, and they show you pictures of here's what you're going to look like 
if you follow through and do these set of things. How many know that you ain't going to get in shape just talking about it? If you want to start a business, you just can't say, I'm going to believe God for a business. You better, what, what plan do you have if you're going to start? What have you done in order to facilitate what you're seeing? See, let me say this to you. God, see, God has made you a creator. You know that thing that is, that is behind your skull, that stuff that's in there? You know why there's a hard shell around that? It's because it's valuable. God made you to be creative, innovative, thinkers, visionaries. You, you ever think to yourself, that, and it's amazing as I travel around the country and, and I see some of the things that men build. You ever notice some of these great buildings and some of the great things that people do? And it's like, man, that's amazing. You, but do you know why that is? Because we were made in the image of God. We were, we were created. I mean, how many know God is a planner? If you doubt that, just lift up your eyes and look. God planned. Before God, listen, God just doesn't do everything. How many know God, everything God does is purpose attached, right? God does nothing haphazardly, and he, he does nothing just on the whim. Everything that God does. And so when God created the heavens and the earth, God just went up there saying, okay, I'm just, just light and light. Uh, you know, I'm going to create the animals. And, you know, he didn't just come up with it that way. God visualized what he wanted to do. He planned it. And then after he created the heavens and the earth, then he put man on the earth, right? And Genesis 1.26, it says, it says that, that God made man in his what? Image. And he said, man, you now go and you have dominion. You have dominion over it. And so who named all the animals? God. Did God name the animals? No. Go back and read your Bible. Adam. Adam said what? That's a donkey. There's an elephant. There's a giraffe. There's a dinosaur. There's a dog. There's a cat. In other words, God, let me know, God gave him the creative ability, but what God expects from you and I is not that we sit back and just say, Lord, do this, but we have to step out and use the creative ability that God has put inside of us. We have to develop a plan. It's like I've known some people, I know some Christians that say, well, you know what, uh, Lord, Lord, I don't know uh, what color dress you want me to wear today. God, what kind of shoe? You want me to buy them shoes? God, God what kind of toothpaste? I, you know, God, God, should I buy this toothpaste? I've known some Christians, man, that every little thing they do, they just ask. Now, it, now how many know ain't nothing wrong with asking God? But sometimes you can get ridiculous, amen? God made you to be creative, he gave you a mind. God didn't put that thing in your head so that it could just sit up on your shoulders. Amen? He gave you a mind so you can what? Think. You can plan. You can visualize. How many know God didn't, uh, 10 years ago, me and my wife, my, my, me and my wife first moved here to Stafford County. Uh, how many know where Stafford Marketplace is? Amen. Right, we first moved here, that was an open field. There was nothing there. In fact, when we, when we first came here, it was back in the early 90s, we just kind of drove through. It was hardly nothing here. But somebody came driving through, and they had a thought, they had a vision, whatever it was, and they said, you know what? I'm going to be a staff in the marketplace over there. You know what? And that's going to be Target. That's going to be Shoppers. That's going to be Five Guys. Y'all like, like Five Guys? Five Guys, yeah. 
See? <laughs> See? In other words, somebody came along and somebody visualized it and watched this. And guess what? It didn't just happen. They formulated a plan to get there. And what I'm, what I'm trying to communicate with the, with the people of God is that you have to have a plan as well. I had one guy tell me one time, he said, well, you know, Pastor, I'm, you know, I want to know that Bible inside out. He said, man, I want, there's nobody here, so you can be at ease. But, but he, said, he said, I want to know the word of God, just like you know that word, because I go in the gym and I just talk the word. When you come around me, I'm preaching the word. That's just the way it works for me. So I'm talking the word. He said, but, but, but you know what? But, but, but he never got there because he didn't want to come to Bible study. He didn't want to come to church, and he hardly read his Bible. I mean, no, you ain't going to become a spiritual giant until you do some things. If you want to get close to God, I mean, no, you have to do something. you got to plan how you walk with God. I mean, no, you got to plan it out. Because every you become a believer, everything changes, amen? Who you hang around, who you talk to, come on. So you just can't be walking up in it. The Bible says a wise man foresees the evil and hides himself. So then you have a purpose, you have a plan. And so you don't do anything outside of your plan and what it is that God wants to do in your life. So look at your neighbor and ask them the question, do you have a plan? You see, now watch this. Look at with me, if you will. Um, look at uh, Proverbs 29, 18. Some of you can quote this verse by heart. While you're turning, I was just thinking a moment ago how the, the United Negro College Fund used to have this, this slogan, and they used to say, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. How many know the mind is a terrible thing to waste? And while you're turning there, too, you need to, I want you to think about this. What do you put into your brain? What do you put in your mind? I was, it's amazing to me that so much of our, of our country and so many of our people, they get their satisfaction from Jerry Springer. Now, I don't want to step on nobody's toes, but, but how many know that a lot of those reality shows is just junk? Can we be honest? That, it, that, that we sell ourselves short if that's all we feed ourselves with. How many know we can't reach our goals and we can't become what God wants us to become if we fill our minds with junk? We have to be people to consider what is it that I'm feeling. You see, there are certain things that will stunt your creative ability and your ability, and your ability to see. And so we want to be people that are wise in that regard. A wise man once said, he who fails to plan, plans to fail. Well, Pastor, I don't really believe that. Well, it is true. Proverbs 29, 18 says this. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now think about that. I want, you to, I want you to really think about that in the context of everything, not just church, but think about it in the context of your life. Where there is no vision, the people perish. Now what is vision? Vision is what you see. Vision is that thing that makes you get up in the morning. Vision is energized by hope. And so when you, when you visualize something, there's a picture, amen? 
you see where you want to go. Just like I gave you that analogy a moment ago of the folks that want to try to sell you a program, what they, what they normally do is, how many of you ever watch the, t the TV, they have these, these programs like uh, Bowflex, and, they, and they, they have all these nice trim. First of all, y'all know y'all had to do more than that. You know, it drives me nuts, because you know, they, they tell you if you get the Bowflex machine, and I ain't got no problem with Bowflex, but if you're just going to get the Bowflex machine and you're going to keep eating like a hog, you can forget it. Come on, ain't gonna make no difference. If, you know, if you looking at that machine, that, but see, what they're trying to tell you is, if you do this, then this is what you look like, because they know that's what people want to look like. But there are too many people who don't want to put in the work in order to what get there. They don't want to put in the plan and activate the plan in order to get where you want to go. And so they rip your money off, and you can't figure out, man, I bought the machine, but I'm still well. You got to have a plan. It's a, another part to it. But see, now watch this. So vision, we talk about vision. Vision is what you see. It's, it's the end result. Now, and what your plan is, is how you're going to arrive there. Amen? Does that make sense? So your vision is what you see. Your plan is how you're going to arrive there. Now watch this. If you tell me that you are serious about something, you say, Pastor, I'm going I'm 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 to start this business. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a lawyer. Whatever it is you want to do. And until you have a plan, I will look at you and say, you're not serious. You're not serious until you develop a plan for what you want to do. So write this down. Watch this. Plan your vision. And your vision will make your plans. I'm going to say that again. Plan your vision. Vision, whatever it is you believe in God for, whatever it is you're hoping God do in your life, plan your vision, and then your vision will make your plans. So, so understand that. So vision is the foundation for planning. You got to see something. You got you to have an understanding of where you want to go. And how many know that our vision as Christians should be based upon the word of God? I'm going to say that again. Your vision, whatever you believe in God for, how many know it has to be based upon the word as a Christian? So God, God gives vision. How many know God does give visions, amen? God will speak to you and God will tell you to do some things. But then also God's going to tell you along the way that you have to develop a plan in order to get to where it is that you want to go. Now, so, so we want to establish that point. So vision is the foundation for planning. So if you have no vision, what are you planning for? Amen? Make sense? If you have no vision, then what are you planning for? So, so your vision, it, it, it energizes your plan. Now, how many know God's word teaches that we should plan? Now, look at Luke chapter 14. This is a verse we were just reading. God's word teaches that we should plan. Now, Jesus here is using an analogy of discipleship and salvation, and what it's going to cost to follow him. But he uses a principle that is universal and very true. Now watch what he says. So, we're, so in this section, we're saying that God's word teaches we sh should have a plan, or we should plan. Watch this. Look at verse number 28. Jesus is saying this. For which of you intending to build a tower, okay, does not sit down first, and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it. So planning has to do with what? 
finishing is how you're going to get there. Jesus says, now, now which of you? But then he goes a, a, a step further. In verse 29, lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not finished, and, and was not able to finish. Verse 31, what king going to make war against another king does not first, uh, first and consider, I'm sorry, first sit down and then consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Amen? So how many know that, that anybody that's going to war, some of you military people in here, you understand the concept, right? Uh, you say you want to go and beat the enemy. You see yourself defeating the enemy. How many know you have to sit down and have a plan for it? You have to understand the enemy. You have to understand how to navigate your way through. You have to figure it out. You have to sit down. You have to plan. If you're going to build a building, Jesus was saying, well, what person is going to sit down? They're going to build a tower, and they don't first sit down and figure out if they are able to complete it. What Jesus is saying is it's almost foolish to think that you can accomplish anything without a plan. And the reason why we have to tell the people of God that is because sometimes we over-spiritualize things. We over-spiritualize things to the point that we just, we do nothing. We just say, we're going to wait on God. How many know that wait on God don't mean that you don't do anything? Amen. You wait on the Lord, but you work while you're waiting. While you're waiting on God to give you a job, you better be out knocking on some doors talking. Amen? Amen. You better be looking at some wanted ass. While you're waiting on the Lord, what's your plan? What have you been doing to show God? How many know the just shall live by faith, right? So how many know faith moves you? Faith is action. Think about in, in the book of Hebrews, right? We read about the folks of faith, right? The great men and women of faith. What did they do? They didn't just talk. They risked their lives, amen? Some of them got their heads chopped off. I, just, I, I hate to be graphic, but you, you see what I'm saying? They, in other words, they just didn't talk about it. They said, you know what? I'm moving out. I'm moving out. I'm strategizing. I mean, on the children of Israel, I want you to stay with me. When the children of Israel, before they went into their land of promise, amen? How many know, how many know that Moses sent out some spies? What do you think he sent the spies out to do? So that they can, yeah. <laughs> so that they can develop a strategy, right? So you can attack the enemy. The same with you. If you're planning to build something, to do something great for God, then you have to come up with some kind of a strategy whereby you're able to navigate your way through. Now, we're going to talk about how that, that could change. But at the basis of it, I mean, no, we, we got to have a plan. So Jesus is saying it's almost foolish to think so, to think that we can accomplish anything without a plan. Now, look at Proverbs 16.9. You can write this down. We have time to turn there. It says, watch this, a man's heart plans his way. I love this verse. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his what? Steps. All right? So you may be tempted to say, well, there you go, pastor. See, there it is. It's no reason for me to plan. No reason for me to plan. It's like, it's like it's the same people to say, well, it's no reason for me to witness if God already know that who's going to be saved. But how many know that's stupid? Why do I need to go witness, Pastor? Why do I need to go share the gospel if God already knows who's going to be saved? Does anybody here think that just because God already has foreknowledge that we're supposed to sit down and not try to reach the lost? Does anybody think that? No. See? 
So, so, so watch this. So somebody may say, well, you know what, Pastor, there it is. See, the Bible said the Lord direct my step. Then I don't need to have no plan. Many Christians live that way. The Lord will direct my step. The Lord will just show me. I'm not, I'm done. Let me, let me tell you something. Just because he says that, but the Lord directs his step, that's not an excuse not to have a plan. It, that simply means is that everything is subject to God. Amen? See, the Bible says a man, man, mind plans his way. So then my mind, I have to develop a plan. And ultimately, my plan is subject to God. But how I many know I need to come up with a what? A plan. A man's mind plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Proverbs 16, 3. Watch this. A verse that many of you are familiar with. It says, commit your works. Everybody say works. Same word for plan. Commit your works. Commit your plans. Watch this. Commit them to who? To the Lord. And then your thoughts will be established. So when will your thoughts be established? Talk to me. When you commit your works, what? To the Lord. What are you bringing to the Lord? Proverbs 21.5. Write this verse down. Great verse. It says, the plans of the diligent lead surely to plenty. <laughs> the plans of the diligent. Are y'all getting this, that you have to have a plan? Do y'all believe in that now? The plans of the diligent will surely lead to plenty. How many know prosperity come with the plan? I was thinking the other day, you know, I got this little thing called, y'all know I like, I'm an Apple guy, right? You know, I love, and, and my goal is that, that everybody in the church, I make you Apple lovers, right? And everybody in the church walk around with iPad. That's what I'm trying to do. No, I'm just kidding. But, but, you know, you think about it. You know, when, when Steve Jobs first came out, Steve Jobs, now, now in the far, I don't know if he, was, if he was a believer or not. I don't have no idea. But he was still made in the image of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. And so, so I'm thinking to myself, you know, when he first came out with the iPad, and people said, man, there ain't no market for no iPad. No market for no iPad. But somebody, whether it was him or somebody in his corporation, visualized and say, man, you know what? We're going to do an iPad. And they begin to plan and figure out how to make an iPad that you would go into the store and lust over and buy. You see? So watch this. They made plans, all right? They put a plan in motion to build an iPad or to, I don't have my phone, or to build an iPhone. And guess what? Who, who is the, probably the richest uh, uh, electronics company computer in the country right now? Apple. Apple, right? I mean, their shares are up there. Why are their shares up there? Because somebody, they had a thought, and then they had a plan. And guess what? Their plan has caused them to what? prosper. Their plan has caused them to prosper because until you make a plan, you ain't serious. Amen? So I want, I, want, I want to help you this morning because I don't want you going into this year talking about all the great things God's going to do without sitting down figuring out how you're going to make the great things that God put in your heart come to pass. And it doesn't mean that you necessarily make it come to pass, but you come up with a plan of how to get there. God expects that from you. So I want you to think in those terms. Now, watch this. What's the difference between a person with a plan 
versus somebody without a plan. What is the difference? A person who has a plan and a person that don't. First, let's deal with the person that don't have a plan. And some of y'all, if some of y'all agree with this, if you, if, you, if you find out that this is you, you can say amen. You can just say it under your breath. You don't even have to say it loud, so you don't want to give yourself away. What's the difference between a person with a plan versus someone who don't have one? Well, watch this. First of all, uh, a planner, a plan, let's deal with the planner. The planner is usually more disciplined, right? Why is the planner more disciplined? Why is the planner more disciplined? Thank you. He made a plan. All right? Planners, watch this. Planners stay out of debt. <laughs> I said planners, why, why do planners stay out of debt? Because they don't just go and spend on a whim. They don't just ride by the store and decide at the last second, I'm going to get me a, a 64-inch TV. They actually plan their, their, their spending. Planners stay out of that. You see, if you're one of those persons that, especially if, you, if you're an impulsive person, then you better check yourself real quick because you're more prone to get yourself in trouble, amen? You are more, you are dangerous. You need to handcuff yourself, lock yourself down, don't even touch the money. Keep, don't touch the money. See, a planner, they started that. We had one guy who used to go here, and, and, and you know, some of you know who he, know, know who he is. And, and, and actually, uh, he facilitated our, uh, our, uh, our, our money study that we did at, 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 the, at Lawrence, at the Austin's home. And um, he was amazing. The guy was absolutely amazing. I sit down and talk to him one day. He's a Marine. I think he's a colonel. I think he's getting ready to retire. This guy's actually incredible. We sit down and talk. We just talk. And he would just talk about money. This guy spent, watch this, he knew every single Thing down to the penny. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? He didn't spend one thing unless he knew. He knew he could account for everything. And I sit there and I talk to him, man, and I'm like, man. And then one day we were sitting in the parking lot. He, he, he planned this, planned it. He said, I'm going to buy me a car. Yeah, and he's like, he said, they wanted like 15. I'm just, you know, they, but, but, but I negotiated with him. I got it for like 12 because I just paid cash for it. And I'm sitting like, wow. And I sit there, and I, you look at him and say, man, that guy, just, that guy just stingy. He ain't stingy. He wise. Because he planned his spending. And watch. And because he, he plans his spending, he stay out of debt. Look at the neighbor and say, stay out of debt by planning your spending. Now, some of you were planning on going out of debt, spending money. You didn't even thought about it. Come on, y'all. Y'all know how we get. Oh, today I'm just going to dinner. I just feel like dinner today. I mean, if you go on your, you, as a Christian, you can't live that. You can't be led by your flesh. That's one of the things that God is always trying to help us with. I'm getting a lot of activity on the left. I just want y'all to know that, my left. <laughs> see, 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 you can't be led by your flesh. See, people that have a plan, they're more disciplined. They know what's happening. They got things under control. So you want to be a planner, watch this. Planners, they're less prone to get in trouble. Right? They don't just go walking into any old place. How many know the Bible said a wise man foresee the evil and hides himself? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. How many know you need to think about where you're going? You need to think about who you're talking to. See, when you're disciplined, when you plan your way, even when you walk out of the door. See, I don't just go, that's why my wife tells me, like, like at, 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 at after work, I come home. Guys want to go out and stuff, party and drink. I don't do that. I'm coming home. You know why? And I plan, I plan to come home every day. My wife will find me one or two places, work, gym, or home. 
I planned it that way. And how many know it's a good thing to come home? It's a good thing. Come home. That's why we've been married. That, now, that's just for free. I've been married for 20-some years. I ain't been married for 20-some years for nothing. And we still like it. We still have fun. Amen? When my wife was cutting up the other day, New Year's Eve, I ain't going to tell you what we were doing, but my kids, we were just out there just having a blast, me and my wife. And my little kids was looking at us, man, and they said, man, y'all acting like y'all like kids. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. People of God can have fun together in Jesus' name. Come home. Look at neighbors that come home. All right. Now, now, what's a non-planner? Now, watch this. This is easy. Well, one more thing about a planner. A planner, what? They're confident, they're focused, and they're productive, right? You're confident because you know where you're going. You got a plan. You got a plan for success. You're confident, and you're more, I mean, no, when you plan stuff, you're much more productive when you're planning. Now, a person who's not a planner, here's a non-planner. Watch this. They are usually hasty in decisions, right? Whatever feels right for the moment, that's what they do. And then they can't figure out why they keep running into that wall. Why I keep getting in trouble? Why I keep doing, well, be, 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 because, because you, you need to sit and figure out what, what you're going to be doing. Plan, a non-planner is very impulsive. They often make decisions that they end up regretting. Non-planners are more prone to financial problems, right? We talked about that. They hope for the best, but they don't plan for it. See, a non-planner, they hope for the best. I hope it works. I hope. I hope God moves. But they don't plan for it. Now, watch this. Now, how should we approach planning? Look at Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Proverbs 3. Am I helping somebody this morning? Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. You get there, say amen. amen. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. <laughs> Lean not on your own understanding. But watch this. Watch this verse. Don't leave it there. In all your what? In all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he shall what? So how many know that you want to get God involved in your plan? You see, first of all, if you're planning something, you don't want to talk to God about it, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Amen? Amen? If you're planning something, you can't even talk to God about it. It's probably not something you should be doing. And a lot of times we don't pray about something because we know, we know what God said, but we're going to do it anyway. How many of you have gotten yourself in trouble doing that? I'm going to bulldoze my way. I, hear, I think I hear the Spirit saying, don't do it. And see, and, 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 and you know, and that's how car salesmen do it, right? That's how they get you in a car. Y'all know that. Don't, you know that's how they do you? They want to get you in the car, and their goal is to make you buy the thing now because they know if you ever go home and think about it, you ain't coming back. Because nine times out of ten, when you think about it and plan it and figure it out, you're like, man, you know what? I really can't, shouldn't be doing this right now. I, I'm stepping on some toes. I can see the look on your, some of y'all faces. It's all right. I'm just trying to help you. And so what, so what do they base the whole thing on? Man, get, get, get him in the, hurry up, get him in the car, man, buy today. We, we, we'll, knock off a, we'll knock off a couple of pennies, that's buy today. And, and, and they know the most people, I'm going to say a great majority of people, they really can't afford the car. How many know that's why the country got, in pro, got problems today? 
Because people got stuff they can't afford. You know why? Because they don't plan it. See, we live in a generation now that says, I want it quick, fast, and in a hurry. We live in a microwave, a microwave generation, right? We don't want to wait for nothing. But how many know that if you want to walk with God and have a level of success, you got to learn how to wait on the Lord. You got to plan and look, plan your plan and work that thing and look, stay committed to it. So you know what? This is my plan, and, and I'm going to stay committed to it. I'm going to have a great year this year because here's my plan. And, and God, no matter what, I'm not going to deviate from it. I'm going to stick with it. For some of us, that's really, really hard. Amen? But you got to do it. Now watch. Make sure your plan is in the will of God. Watch this. Proverbs 21.30. I don't know if you have that verse. Proverbs 21.30. says, there is no, no wisdom, understanding, or counsel against the Lord. How many know that you, your arms are too short to box with God? <laughs> there is no wisdom. Watch this. No understanding or counsel against the Lord. You know, even... See, here's the thing. You know that everybody that does anything against the will of God, ultimately they're going to fail, even if they have momentary success. Don't look at it what it looked like on the surface. Go, God, why is the drug dealer blessed and they're driving a nicer car than me and they live in a nicer house? Keep watching. <laughs> I've seen them. I picked them up off the street. Keep watching. <laughs> I'm telling you. Keep watching. See, see you want to walk. How many of you want to walk with the Lord? See, you want to walk with the Lord. You want to do it God's way because the Bible says there's no wisdom, there's no understanding, there's no counsel against the Lord. So if you do anything that is contrary to what God says, it's going to fail. I don't care what it is. You can't listen to me. You got to make a commitment to do what God says even if it hurts. Even if it makes you cry. Even if you got to go to bed at night and you got to have cold sweats and you got to have somebody come in there and give you some shots to calm you down, whatever you need to do. That's just a, you know, I don't really mean it that way, but you. But how many know you got to wrestle with your flesh and you got to wrestle with any desire that you know is contrary to the will of God? I've known people to take jobs that I, they know is contrary to the will of God. They know it. I'm not going to get into it. They know it. And you can see it on their face because you ask them, well, who are you working at? They don't even want to talk about it. What you doing? <laughs> Let me tell you something. You want to make sure that whatever you're planning, whatever you're doing, stay in the will of God. Amen? Amen. It's a safe bet. Do what, do, listen, walk with God. Walk with God because there's no counsel, there's no understanding, there's no wisdom against the Lord. Proverbs 19 21, watch this, says, there are many plans in a man's heart Right? Many plans, nevertheless, nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord will stand. Now, understand something about your plans. Now, we're all expected to have plans, but how many know that God can show up at any time and he reserves the right to change them? You have to have a plan, but just like this morning, you know, we didn't really plan for an extended worship, but if God wants to show up and do something, then how many know that we got to be flexible because ultimately he's in charge? Right? He's in charge. So whatever plan you make, you always want to make sure, first of all, hopefully you're keeping God involved. You're praying about it, right? Any decision you make, you're praying, you're talking to God. You ain't just doing nothing on a whim. You're praying, you're talking to God about it. And then understand, so Lord, so Lord, have your way. Lord, this is, this is my plan. This is what I want to do, Lord. But Lord God, Lord, Lord, I want you to have your way and do whatever you want to do. And if anything about this is not in keeping with your word, with your will, with your way, God, then, then change it. And how many know that God will change your plans? 
God will alter your plan at times. So I'm going to leave you with these four things, and we've got to close. All right, four things. Number one, for 2013, set realistic and obtainable goals, okay? Set realistic goals for 2013. Don't just sit back and declare you're going to have a great year. Figure out what do you want to be great in your year and develop a plan for it. And make sure that your plan is reasonable, all right? Make sure it's reasonable. Don't just say crazy stuff that's way out there that doesn't make sense. Make sure that you have reasonable plans, obtainable goals, things that you can measure by. Number two, you want to develop a strategy for your goal. So you want to set realistic and obtainable goal, number one. And then you, we want to make sure that you develop a clear strategy. Number three, we said this earlier, but I said it again, we got to commit to it. And number four, you want to evaluate and make necessary adjustments. Proverbs 24, you can write this down. May the Lord make your plans to succeed. May the Lord make your plans to succeed. May the Lord make your plans. I want that to, to get deep into your souls. Now, in, in close, I just want to make a couple of comments. So, so then next, next week, uh, we are, uh, as a church, now, now what I hope is that many of you really thought about you know, what you're doing, and, and, and we've got some things moving inside of your head in terms of, of how you're going to do some things this year. You may discover that you may have had some plans or you may have had some thoughts or, or, or you may have been thinking about some things that that's maybe not within the realm of possibility. How many know you got to be realistic? You want to believe God, always believe God, but, but you, you know, you, you can't always project the impossible. You just have to trust God. But be willing, be willing to be flexible and let God move. And I want you to look at your personal life, and I want you to think about and just write down when you leave here today, say, okay, what do I want God to do? What is it that I want God to do in 2013? And then say, okay, I'm going to develop a plan for it. I'm going to develop a plan for this. And then after you develop a plan, find some godly people. Everybody say godly people. Some godly people. The Bible says in Proverbs 15, I believe, says there's safety in a multitude of counselors. So I, I was talking yesterday to a pastor friend of mine. And so usually around this time of year, we always come up with a strategy, a plan for the, the year that we're in. And so I was sitting down, I was talking to him, and, and, I, and I actually, uh, you know, I gave him a whole plan. I said, I want you to look at this. I want you to tell me, and I want you to pray with me and, and, and see what we're doing. And uh, he gave me some input into some of the things that, that he saw in the plan. I said all that to say that we're going to be uh, entering a new season at our church. There are going to be some changes that you'll be hearing about next week. But we're going to be, I'm going to be from the pulpit, we're going to be talking about our plan, our vision moving forward. Amen. And, and, and how many of you want, how many know we got a lot of work to do? We got a lot of people to reach. And let me tell you something, God has already started opening some doors. I mean, it is absolutely amazing what's going to happen. Now, it's going to take some of you, it's going to take some of you, I'll be calling some of you to help out here and there. And this is not a time for people to say, now I want you to hear me, this is not a time to say, well, you know what, try to think of something else that you can do. But how many know if I'm your pastor and I call and I want your help, then you need to help. 
We need to help for the sake of the church. I'm not going to ask you to do anything. If you're about the kingdom and you want to see this thing, how many, how many know we want, to reach, we want to reach people for Jesus? We need, how many know we, we, need, we need to not just come here and be content with just doing church on Sunday. We want to see people get saved, lives get changed. Amen? How many know we want to see about 20 or 30 other Jacob's family? Amen? Getting saved and giving their life to Jesus and standing up here talking to you. How many know we want to see that over and over and over again? That's what we want, and that's the plan that God has given us that's going to reach that. And so, so what I want you to do, I want you to already start thinking about ways. I want to kind of set you up for next week. Lord, Lord what kind of ways can I help to facilitate the move of God and the growth of our church? How many know we need to grow and keep growing? We need to grow in various ways, but we're moving things forward, and, and, and God has given us a plan in order to achieve that. And so we'll be calling a couple of you here and there, say, hey, brother, sister, can you just do this? It may be just one little task, and I just want you to do that. If you can do that, do it faithfully. I believe we implement this plan. I believe come six months, this church will not look the same. I mean, it will not look the same. It will be different. So how many know we got to move with the times? And the Holy Spirit is moving, and so, and so I'm excited. So I want you to get excited, all right? I want you to get excited, and I want you to make some room for God. That's all I'm just asking you to, to make some room for God. In your schedule, make sure that you put just a little time in there for God to use you and be available. Not just the same few, but all of you. That was good. I didn't even plan that. That was nice. It's good. All right, every, every head is bowed, every eyes closed. Amen. I'm just anointed today. Amen. Uh, Lord, we just thank you so much. God, we're believing, Lord. First of all, Lord, we thank you that you gave us an incredible mind. And God, some of us, Lord, God, we've taken it for granted. We really haven't, uh, God, just um, uh, pressed in and, and, Lord, developed plan and really thought things through. So today, Lord, we covenant afresh with you to be different. We want to be different, Lord. Lord, help us. Give us a plan, Lord, as, a, as, a, as individual in our families, our homes, God. There, there are people here, Lord, God, they got hopes and they got dreams. But now, Lord, they just need a plan moving forward. God, I pray that you would help them. Give them understanding. Give them wisdom, Lord, to be able to make that next step in the name of Jesus, Lord. And then, Father, we pray this morning as a church, God. That, Lord God, that, Lord, we, we are grateful for the relationship that we've established. God, we're, we're grateful for the people that are here. But, Lord, we know that you have planted us here, Lord, to make disciples and make more disciples. And, Lord, Lord we understand, Lord God, that, there's, that, 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 Lord, there's more for us to do. So, Lord, I thank you for the plan that you have given us. And, God, we are praying, God, that, Lord God, that you will increase us, Lord, big time for your glory and for the sake of Christ, for the sake of Christ, Lord. Because, Lord, our hearts won't rest. And, Father, we won't stop, Lord, until we see the nations come to you. That's our responsibility, Lord. We're never going to deviate from that. And so, Father, we thank you. We bless you, Lord, and I, I just give you praise. And now, Lord God, as we begin to uh, enter into our communion service, Lord, we want to take a moment. And we want to search our hearts today. We understand, Lord, as the song said this morning, as we sung about your holiness. God, you're holy, you're righteous. And taking of communion, Lord, is symbolic of how awesome you are and the holiness. 
God, that embodies your person. So, Father, we're asking that you would look into our hearts. Father, if there's any sin in us, Lord, if any unrighteousness, any uncleanliness in us, God, will you please look at our hearts right now? Father, we take a moment to examine our hearts. Father, even if we think we're right, Lord, we're open right now to see what the Spirit is saying. Because a lot of times, Lord, we're not where we think we are. So just take a moment, church, and ask the Holy Spirit before you take communion, understanding that this is a holy moment. Search your hearts. And then if God reveals anything to you, you need to repent. If there's a brother or sister you need to get something right with today, do it before you take communion. Repent before you take communion. But we want to take communion, understanding that this is a sacred moment and realizing that we're accountable to Christ. He holds us accountable. So take a moment and let's examine our hearts before the Lord. have this side followed by the midsection and then the first section further to the right to come to the table and serve yourselves and then we'll, we'll take communion together. Remain standing, please. I trust that you have talked to the Lord and invited him into your heart to, to cleanse, to restore. I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and he said take eat this is my body 
This is my body which is broken for you. I want you to think about that. This, is, this represents his body. Every, every beating that he took, every hurt, every pain, he, t- he did it for you so that we could have eternal life with him. As we take this bread, he says, do this in remembrance of his awesome sacrifice for us. Father, we thank you for your beating that you took on our behalf that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Father, we don't take it for granted. We don't take it for granted, Lord. And may we live worthy. May we live worthy of the calling to which you called us. We take this in remembrance of you. Shall we eat together? In the same manner, he also took the cup, the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. While we're proclaiming his death, we're remaining faithful to his call to his mission, to serving him, loving him, being obedient to him every day of our lives, living as a living sacrifice. As we take this this morning, this is symbolic of that reality. Shall we drink together? Pass those to your right. And the ushers will collect those. Once again, church, I want to thank you so very much uh, for the staff. We will be having a meeting uh, shortly here um, once we get tore down. So we'll be meeting over in the conference room. I'm going to say probably within 30 minutes or so, uh, we'll be meeting in the conference room for all the staff. And uh, hopefully we'll get you in and get you out so you can go home and enjoy your, your evening. Amen. Do we have a good service today or not? Yes. All right. God is awesome. And you go and you have a great week. Make your plans and go for God. Amen. Go big for God. Let's raise our hands to the Lord. Father, we bless you. We love you. God, we thank you for all that you're doing and all that you're going to do. Father, we surrender ourselves to you. Not our will be done, but your will be done. Set us apart. Sanctify us. Consecrate us for the moment. Set us apart, Lord God, for this generation. May our week be filled with joy, with peace, with happiness. And may it be filled with fruitfulness, oh God. And may we make a difference this week, Lord. May we make a difference for the cause of Christ. Anoint us, oh God, with, Lord God, joy, unspeakable joy, full of glory and truth. This is the inheritance of the saints. We receive it, we embrace it, and we thank you for it. And all God's people said, Amen.